The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. So as a business, I don't think anyone in this room is any different to anyone in this room. Let's say you have 100 clients. 20 of those will pay full price for whatever you offer them. They'll be nice. They'll be polite. They'll cost you the least amount of marketing spend. They'll be the least deverish and consuming on your resources. 20% of them will want a tenner for a fiver and cost you 500 quid just to maintain their complaints. And then there'll be that 60% in the middle. So if I were you, Craig, it sounds like you've got this like niche, 6 to 12. I'd start looking at who your best clients are, the ones that, you know, don't want discounts on everything necessarily, the ones that have got enough properties for you to have a good lifetime client value out of them. Because, you know, like if, if you get a beginner investor, you may perceive that you want that but they might not even get to their first property, in which case there's probably less billable work for you. So, I mean, if you could choose, you might want someone who, you find them at five properties where it's not complete chaos and you stay with them until they get 500. Um, that might not be true, but, that, but you're smiling, so my guess is that there probably is. Complete chaos at about one has been my experience so far. Yeah. So in your marketing, if you've got one property, fuck off. Don't say that, but you know, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, that was a bit harsh. Um, so I would target your best 20% of customers. Now, like, if you think we are property accountants for people who have five to 50 properties, you might feel that you miss business. But you're missing the business you probably don't want but you'll still gain business around the edge, around the periphery. So I'd have a specific set of criteria on which you work with them, and I'd put that in your marketing. We work with clients from five to 50 properties, from five to 15 properties. Or we work with clients from five properties up, we have three levels, five to 15, 15 to 30, 30 plus, something like that. And Yes, you are going to repel a few clients, but all the clients that don't go with you because you're attracting the wrong kind of clients now know that you're a potential provider for them. So I'll give you an example. So if I was Audemars Piguet, it's my favourite watch brand. Um, So they make watches from, what, 12 grand up to a million quid. Um... And 99 times out of 100, someone who buys an AP has already bought a Rolex. So if I was AP, I'd be marketing to people who've already got a Rolex. Because if you're marketing to people who want to buy a watch, 99 out of 100 are not going to spend on average. I reckon their average watch is 30, 35 grand now. You're just wasting your marketing money. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your energy. But anyone who's already bought a Rolex, and Rolex's prices are going up now because they're trying to catch up with Patek and AP... You've already got through that, those years of objections that you might have to keep 
banging at these people who haven't yet got a property. So, you know, Rolex pay golfers and Michael Schumacher, who endorsed this one, and other Formula One drivers and whoever else, lots of money to endorse their watches because people like them have money to burn. I reckon the average AP owner probably has five Audemars Piguet. I mean, some people buy all of them. So you want the client that starts at five properties and ends up with 50. So that's what I'd do. And I'd say no to anyone outside of that periphery. Now, you'll have this magnetic thing. There's a leap of faith in the middle. Like I often say to people, um, if you want to increase your profit significantly, there's one really easy way to do that. They're looking for the magic bullet. They don't realise that the magic bullet is really easy. You increase your prices. Oh, sorry, I wanted something else. I can't increase the prices in my niche. I'd I'd beg to differ on that. Um, But like if your product is a thousand quid and your profit margin is 200 quid, you have to put up your prices 20% to double your profit margin to get 100% increase in profit, assuming no extra overhead in getting the um, price increase. It's not that difficult to up your prices 20%. I mean, you should should observe and watch. I recommend now all of you follow some of the higher end brands, whether it's Patek Philippe or Audemars Piguet or Ferrari or Lamborghini or, you know, whoever else. Because they just, they bang up their prices all the time. Like probably 8% a year, probably, when you factor it all in, which is huge. And, you know, they might use the story of inflation, but inflation isn't, not for a long time, been that. Um, And generally, the higher-end brands just seem to get more and more successful. Now, I know the CEO of Odomar's PGA, and I interviewed him on my podcast, and um, they make... I think 70,000 watches a year. And they're a family-based business. So they don't have external shareholders saying, you need to make 200,000 next year. Because that's going to damage the brand. But an external shareholder wouldn't care about that. They'd care about their margins, um, you know, their um, dividends. So if you're at 70,000 pound a year and you're selling them all and you sold 70, sorry, if you're at 70,000 units a year, you sold them all this year, you sold them all last year, How do you increase your profits? You put up the prices. And when you've sold out of them before you've made them, people will pay more for them. And, you know, like, I know plenty of accountants. If you get the wrong kind of client, it's a lot of work for not a lot of money. You know, you'll be down KFC licking people's fingers for food, dealing with some of them. You don't need to write that bit down. (laughs) He's making notes. but it's like the, the bit in the middle is the nervous bit, isn't it? It's deciding to do it. Because then you go, oh, OK, I've done it. What if I don't get any clients now? What if a lot of my clients leave and blah, blah, blah. But the ones that leave are the right ones to leave. They need to leave for the ones that have more spending power to stay. Because people who... People who buy Audemars Piguet watches don't necessarily want to associate with people who have Casios. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but and vice versa. So when you up your prices or when you're more specific about your ideal client, you lose some, but then you open the door for others. Now you're like, well, I, where are they? I didn't know they were there. Well, they, they don't show their face. You're not the kind of provider that they want, but they start to appear. So my mentoring used to be, I used to think like, maybe four, maybe five or six years ago, when I'd been doing this a little while and probably thought I was a bit bigger and better than I was. 
Now, why don't we at Progressive Property attract any like celebrities or well-known people? And you know, occasionally we'd have one or two sniff around, but it wasn't. Re- it was just a. I was just intrigued by it. Um, and the reality was our prices were too cheap. When I started VIP program, which was about eight years ago, it was two grand plus that for the year, a year-long mentoring program. And Mark and I were the, the main mentors, the only mentors, in fact. Um, and I didn't, be- I didn't believe I could charge any more. Otherwise, I would, because we charge what we believe. We charge it, what we feel we're worth inside. What we feel someone will pay is our own self-worth about who we are externally manifested in products and services. You either have to look inside and go, I'm worth more, I'm going to charge. Or you have to hope that you have people that will pay higher fees for your work. But if your work isn't higher fees, they won't. Because no one's going to come to you and go, Rob, I'll pay double for that. At certain points, you need to bang up your prices. Now, if inflation is high, that'll probably force you. If you haven't uh, increased your prices for quite a while, that'll probably force you. But you know, there's people who don't put their rent up for 10 years and then the tenant leaves and then you have a big void. If you'd have put that rent up 5% a year, you wouldn't have that big void. It's especially common in commercial property. Like I remember Westgate Arcade in Peterborough, the rent hadn't hadn't gone up for 10 years because I guess the landlord was some pension fund or something, old school. And then they put up the rent 70% and then three quarters of the units were empty for two years. They could have put it up 70% by putting it up 5 to 7% a year, but they didn't. So if you're not that confident yet of banging your prices up, incrementally nudge them up so that you don't really notice. So VIP was two grand, then it was two five, then it was three, then it was three five, then it was four. And each time we got good feedback and people were like, yeah, this works, our confidence increased and we nudged the price. But we should have been more aggressive. So a year-long mentoring program with Mark and I now is £50,000 plus that, and we have a six-month waiting list. Now, some people go, 50 grand, how much? That's, you know, a house. And now, all of a sudden, we have these wealthy, affluent people that we mentor, and we attract these celebrities and these very well-known people who weren't attracted to us when we were two grand a year. But yeah, there was eight years in the middle. So don't say, well, I'm going to put up my fees by... 10,000% and Rob said where are my celebs? (laughs) FFS but um, yeah you know like you probably know the old adage that you know the difference between price and value and people pay based on value not on price there are some price shoppers out there and you probably want to avoid them as clients Mark always says to me I know I probably wouldn't be any kind of client for us because he's too tight. He kind of knows that, though. Thank you.